0: Whatever Wednesday, say welcome, Andre. Welcome, welcome, and stay with us. Stay with us. stay with us. us. Let's switch to to Greek. Okay, you ready? Uh, No. Before I do that, I don't know where you're going You know, know, kerete. No. Don't you? It means hello
1: in Greek. What are you talking about, does it? Yeah. Bro, where does that come up in the New Testament? That that, that has not been in my memorized app vocabulary.
0: Bro, kerete. It means, uh, you know, are you doing well? And then, you know, you say, uh, tikanete, polikala. You know the whole deal? No. Ketlaveno aglika? (laughs) Aliho. <laughs> no. That's very impressive, but yeah. no, sorry. All right, cool. Just trying to engage a little no, friendly I don't teacher. know where the library is. <laughs> yeah. Do you know uh, yeah, okay, let's switch to Hebrew then. Shalom. <laughs> yeah, shalom. I know that. I know that. Oh uh, boy. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I'm doing a, I'm doing a little uh, following on from our Greek uh, our Greek conversation the other day. Um, decided to do a Pimsla Modern Greek course. Cool. Yeah. So it's just cool and showing, like, oh man, the pronunciation is so different. It's crazy. But that it's is. cool. I like it better. Cool. Well, you know, Godspeed with
1: that. I'd yeah. say you, uh, you listened to my advice and duly ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I was just like, right, <laughs> settle that. <dead. laughs> Sometimes I wonder if I should give you like the opposite advice to what I actually mean. Probably. Probably. Just to see if that would work. <laughs> it does tend to go that way a lot. <laughs> I have it's noticed like, that. I don't think you should
0: do that. That is madness. Oh, well, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> but see, stuff off. I'm s- going to do it anyway. It's more like, see, I knew what the answer was, but I was just testing you to see you if you knew. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, man. You just preached...
1: Just done, done the double, yeah. Someone, yep. so, someone came up to me after the um, after the evening service and just like sort of basically like almost grabbed me by the by the lapel of my jacket and said, you are an evangelist. We need to get you out in the street. <laughs> wow. Like yeah. So I was like, I'm going to take that in an encouraging way, but I'm also a little bit intimidated. Could you let go of me, please? <laughs> oh, man. Um, you- it's...
0: it's
1: do you know um, it was interesting because I, I just preached I preached on the on the um, the great banquet parable in Luke 14 right and um, and so it is a great you know it's a great passage to preach the gospel from mm-hmm. and we do get folk from other churches because we're sort of one of the last churches to have an evening service mm. more or less all the other ones have have shut down and so uh, we get people from all over coming to, you know, all over the county, coming to to our evening service, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of really, really cool people that you meet. But I had, I had like five different conversations after the service with different people um, from quite different sort of backgrounds and perspectives, all basically saying the same thing. Mm. Uh, like, it was great to hear the gospel clearly proclaimed, but we just kept thinking about non-Christian friends and family that we really wish we were here mm. to hear it, but we just can't get anyone to come to church. Mm. Like, you know, just cannot get these guys to come to church. They come Christmas, they come Easter, mm-hmm. um, they'll come along to all those kind of, you know, uh, big event stuff that we do, but that mm-hmm. is it. That's mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. And so I had quite a few interesting conversations about people, uh, about how we do that, you know, ranging from setting up open-air meetings mm-hmm. Um, all the way through to you know, tr- maybe you know how to get recordings of it and send it around to people. I mean, all the sermons are recorded and on, mm. online, and so you could just you know send it to folk and say, "Hey, heard this tonight, um, mm. and thought that you'd find it interesting, or thought that uh, you know thought of you. While I was listening to you know you've asked me this question before, and so here's an mm. answer to it or something like totally, that." Totally, totally. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was interesting. So sort of it's got me thinking a little bit more about how we can equip the church to do some you know to to really get the witness out there Uh because the days of attractional church are getting harder and harder like Uh people will come at christmas and easter uh we've managed to get very small numbers to specific events like um uh you know has science disproved god or god and suffering have drawn out sort of people in their fives and sixes you know Mm Uh, and it's not that, you know, we despise the day of small things or anything, but it's just about, it's about thinking about maybe how do you move people beyond the kind of attractional model
0: mm, into
1: mm. a more, for lack of a better word, missional model.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it's such a big question and so, so important and it's just, it's so difficult. It really is because like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if we have to be really honest, you know, we are. We're just not getting it done, you know. We're not seeing no. people actually connect with the gospel, and and the thing is, it's not for you know, it's not for lack like of trying. It, as you say, I think the attractional thing is there by virtue of the reality of the church. So it's not like it's not like that's ever going away in the sense that no. there always gonna there's always gonna be something that the, that the believers are doing on that Sunday, and and unbelievers are always gonna be invited to that. But it's it's kind of like I just you know actually thinking about it. You've got that issue as to how to get the gospel into wherever it's needed, out of the church. And then you got the other the other problem, even on the attractional side, where you finally do manage to get someone from outside of church to inside of church. And the the culture is so different now to it's no like there's no Judeo-Christian anything, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. So so when that person comes into the church, it's usually such a massive like, not only culture shock, but morality shock and just different, totally different. If someone comes to church, they are not going to just go, you know, try and hide all of their sin or anything like that. Uh, they're going to be right out there with everything that yeah. they're doing. And it's going to be a total slap in the face to everyone at the church that day, you know, whether they want to be yeah. loving or not. And, uh, and you know, that's a, it makes for a very difficult dynamic. It's, it's all easy to say, hey, bring unbelievers to church. But, you know, when you're dealing with the level of, of sort of cultural difference and and sinful, you know, lifestyles that are, are just kind of the norm today. And yeah. uh, and I'm especially sensitive to it because I used to be the guy who came into the church that everyone was gobsmacked by, you know. Totally. Uh, yeah. and, but I, and I remember thinking, like, I just do not want that to happen, you know, uh, at the church that I plant past it. And uh, yeah, I find myself now thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, th- th- what do you do? I, I'm meeting people that make me look like I was, you know, walking on the straight, in, straight and narrow in, in my yeah. worst days. And uh, it's messy, isn't it? You re- you do realize that, um,
1: you know, when Jesus was hanging around with tax collectors and sinners and was accused of being a drunkard, it's because it was just a messy, messy scenario. Crazy. Like he, was, he was hanging around with uh, people where it would be. Uh, very confusing for those from the f- sort of pharisaic school of mm. thought you know mm. it is um and and you do get to see that actually if you are going to be interacting with the world you do have to get your hands steady a little bit mm. i mean you see we all know this this is not rocket science if you if you're in any way involved in anything in the world you are op- often thrust into super awkward situations mm-hmm. you know i mean i just think about you know when i'm hanging around with guys at judo you know i get sort of stuck in between two guys sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and um and the conversations goes down a road that i just i'm not comfortable you know mm. it's like sexualizing women or uh, talking about how much they get smashed or it might mm-hmm. just be gossip of, you know or, mm-hmm. or just even like you know gross blasphemy or whatever and you realize you're sitting there in the middle and um you don't really want to participate in it, mm-hmm. uh, but neither do you want to come across as this like prudish, oh, guys, could you please, you know, sort of tone it down sort of thing? Because, uh, I, you know, I co- it, it, you, you, it's very difficult to know where to draw lines and when to kind of stand and and uh, when to object and when to speak out and when to just sort of smile and nod and, you know, it, it, like these, these sort of dilemmas we get thrust into. And it's, it is going to be messy and we're going to more and more have People coming into the church who um, are sort of from crazy family backgrounds, where you've kind of got like three parent systems, oh, or totally. you've got, yeah. um, you know, so, you know, I don't know the the whole business. Like you've, I mean, what happens if you get a a gay couple? Oh, totally, yeah. It's like and you've fr- adopted children, and they're a family unit, and then yeah. one or both of them become Christians, and they're like, well, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah, th- th- that's not easy. I mean, questions that to used answer.
0: to be like when we, st- I remember when we were starting out. You know, in ministry, that was like the the, the, tot- the total hypothetical, you know, this um, yeah. this thing might happen, like, here's a crazy idea, you know, um, try and figure this out, you smart ass seminary student, you know, and, exactly. um, and now it's just like run of the mill. I mean, this is like, it's kind of exactly what I was talking about earlier in that if you want to start inviting people to church... This mm-hmm, is what you're mm-hmm. inviting to church. You're inviting a very messy scenario that I don't know that we've even come close to thinking enough about yeah. it. Or our uh, or are uh, ready to handle. Very interesting
1: questions about Paul's thing on you know remain as you were when you were called.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's like super. Like, how do I apply that to this situation? This is crazy. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it, it is going to get messy like that. Yeah, mm. and I think we need to just we need to man up and, and deal with that because. Um, We like to have it nice and tidy, and we like to have, um, you know, uh, especially like where I'm at, you've got like third generation, fourth generation Christians, and um, there's just a long tradition of kind of evangelical piety kind of stuff Mm. uh, where people are still like really grappling very hard with whether or not you can you can have a, have some wine as a Christian, you know. Oh, and boy. I'm just like, guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's really just very difficult to understand how you're ever going to engage with the world in that kind of situation. Yeah, But, I mean, yeah. but having mm-hmm. said that, um, this morning I was preaching through Corinthians and you realize that the power of God to save is with the gospel. And so as messy as, as it's going to be and as difficult as it's going to be, Um, We do know how it's going to happen. It's not it's not like we're looking for a silver bullet. No, totally Uh, And so it's good we we have confidence for that confidence that God will You know call his people to those who are being saved the gospel will be the power of God to salvation. So Mm. um, so yeah, I I think um, but we do need to think hard about it and Mm. um, and I think I think it's it's a combination of teaching people to just be natural about their faith um, in everyday life. So just uh, I, to use a very cliched term, to gossip the gospel. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we are very comfortable talking about all of our other passions, no matter how nerdy or kind of. Um, uh kind of obscure they would be whether it's from like model trains to football clubs to whatever it is Mm -hmm. um and so we should not be afraid to talk about the passion Mm -hmm. or you know for christ and i think it, it goes a long way with that and not being afraid to live distinctive lifestyles and to have people come up to us and say You know, why do you live like that? Why is, you know, why do you hold to these strange views? Why don't you join in with these kinds of things? I think that's where a lot of those conversations are going to happen. And the thing is, I think the world is going to go to a point where it is going to look for some sort of normality, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, Christian living will, in a sense, I think, become attractive to those who who do see the madness uh, for what it is.
0: Right, yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: we had two guys dressed in drag come into our uh, our church service the other day. I mean, yeah. Into our church service, Mike. <laughs> wow. Yeah. True. <laughs> there. True. There. Like, and uh, and you know what? The church was like super calm about it. Like everyone was really welcoming, really friendly. Yeah. Um, I was really proud of them because yeah. I've I've always found this a strange phenomenon with Bethesda that they're a super conservative bunch. You know, there are a lot of silverbacks um, and they, you know, who are stuck in their ways and raised with a very particular ethic, mm-hmm. but they are gracious. It's, mm. I'm always surprised at how gracious they are. Wow. You know, gracious to forgive, gracious to welcome in people who they could tell are clearly, you know, not mm. on board with their convictions. Um, they have, I think, I think it's interesting because their attitude towards non Christians in that position is very, very different to their attitude in Christian to Christians yeah. in, in similar positions. So, you know, when they f- hear about Christians living together outside of marriage and stuff like that, they freak out, yeah. you know, and they expect hard judgment to fall, you <laughs> right. know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that that's good. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. And yeah. there is a, there's a rightness to this, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And we should hold... That we should not hold the world to the standard of of the church. Mm, um, mm. It, it, it's part of that sort of two kingdoms thing, you know. Totally. Expect the exiles to live as exiles, mm. expect the world to live as the world. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I think I, th- I think that's going to be a big part of it, you know. Um, it,
0: it, that's so it's so key, Grace. Oh man, that's that's basically. And and I remember just coming into the church as well. It wasn't it wasn't anything. It wasn't their relevance or their. Um, you know, whatever else might have appealed to me at the time, the music or the ability to like uh, discourse with uh, Nietzsche's philosophy or, you know, nothing like that. It was uh, an old lady who welcomed me to have coffee with her every single time after church. Um, And she just sat down and wanted to know what was going on and how I was finding it. And I just remember thinking like, this is amazing. You know, just to, she's not, she just sees me as this complete, you know, uh, a waster at this point. And, and, uh, and yet she's just, she's totally cool. She's just uh, friendly. She's getting to know me. Is that the same, is that the same chick who told you to take all your rings off because they were like bonding you or something? No, I don't think so. She was totally cool. And she kind of left, I can't remember what happened. They were definitely charismatic, but not like weird charismatic. They were just like everything good from The charismatic yeah. scenario, yeah. Man, I yeah. remember they, they were Dutch as well, interestingly. And and they are, uh, hmm. man, it was so funny just their Dutch accents, this really cute old couple, you know. And they were just, and I remember, we, yeah, there's me and Slinky with these dreadlocks, and <laughs> Heloise is a real <laughs> motley crew, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and they just try to like try to like just calm us down and go, okay, so this is church, and you know, and and just, yeah, but yeah, you can see yeah. just beaming, you know, just, just, totally, I remember yeah. thinking, like, wow, there's something there that's they've got some serious. Love going, you know, it's amazing. I think
1: that's the other thing. We freak out about inviting our non-Christian friends to church. Yeah. Um, uh, because we worry how weird they're going to find it. Mm. And I think the thing is, like, church is going to be weird. Mm. There is no way to eliminate that. No, no. And church is going to be weird. We're going to use vocabulary they aren't used to. Mm-hmm. We have to. Mm-hmm. We have to do that. Totally. Um, we're going to sing in public together. Mm-hmm nobody does that very very weird nobody does that very weird it's a weird thing to do but we're gonna sing we're gonna do it and uh, what I found is my non-Christian friends who come along um, I find stuff cringy because I'm worried about them yeah they don't find it cringy because they have no expectations yeah yeah. Like, they're just like, I'm going to, you know, I, okay, cool. I'm in church now. Yeah. And they just take it like, okay, they're doing this now. Like the whole
0: thing, thing is bizarre. Let me just get into it. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. they get
1: impressed by the things that you don't always expect. No, either. totally. So, I agree. Um, yeah. You know, like you, you think, oh, I wonder, you know, how was that? Because I always ask them, did you find that like really weird, you
0: mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm.
1: after, the, after, after the service? And they're like, um, no, no. I mean, I didn't They'll say things like I didn't really, you know, know what was going on some of the time and and uh you know i I just kind of followed everybody else but they get like they always usually make comments about the way people relate together and talk to each other they're not used to seeing that Mm -hmm. outside of family um and i get quite a lot of comments like that from from outsiders who come in they're just like but it, it, you, you guys do relate to each other in a way that I've only ever seen happen inside families. I've never mm. seen sort of like a, a community of of strangers, you mm. know, who mm. act mm. like this. Amazing. Um, and it's little things like that that you take for granted mm. week in and week out as a mm. Christian because totally. you're used to it, especially if you've been in church culture for a while. Mm. You forget how, how strange things like that are. Mm. Um, and you can never really anticipate. So I, I guess it is just part of part of recognizing that actually the strangeness of of church is not a bad
0: thing Mm, totally um and actually can be exactly what people are looking for like sometimes if if permeated with grace and love just the basics you know just let the gospel like permeate the whole deal yeah. I mean, that's that's all we got. That's it. There's no secret weapon. That's that's basically it. Invite people into that. And as you said earlier, you know, just even if you have an extreme situation where people are looking really different and sounding really different, that's going to win the day. That's going to mm-hmm. be the thing that, that carries it. It's the only answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, hey, let's leave it at that for uh, Wednesday, some whatever Wednesday evangelistic thoughts. Um, nice. Yeah. And um, that's a wrap, I suppose. Thanks for joining us.